So today we're excited because we're going to be talking about our title today, The Society of the Blessed. Hallelujah. That's me. Okay. That's me. So in John 10, 10, if you want to be turning there, and don't let your mind say, well, I know what that says, do you? <laughs> I, I pray that the eyes of our understanding will be enlightened today. So in John 10, 10, the devil comes to destroy. Let me find it here. The thief, he's talking about Satan here. He's talking about the works of Satan in this particular scripture. And this is Jesus speaking. The thief, talking about Satan, comes not except for to steal. Now what you're going to see here is the reason Satan came. Satan came to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I am come. And then Jesus is going to tell us why he came. Jesus came for a purpose also. And we'll read that scripture in a minute where he came to destroy the works of Satan. But what Satan wants when he comes to steal, he wants to steal the word out of you. Because it is the word of God that brings you financial prosperity. It's the word of God that will cause you to overcome any situation or circumstance in your life. If he can get the word that God has said, that has, he has spoken, if he can keep you from saying that word, he has been successful. Speak the word only, he said. But he says, I am come that they might have life, Jesus said, and that they might have it, life, more abundantly. Praise God. So the devil came to destroy, but guess what? Jesus came to destroy too. Right? He came to destroy the works of Satan. Praise God. So the Barnes um, commentary, I'm going to read that to you, it literally says that they may have abundance, talking about us, that you may have abundance or that which abounds, that which is super added, I like that, to make life happy. Now, this is his uh, explanation of John 10, 10, talking about Jesus, that which is super added to make life happy. God wants you happy. They shall not merely have life simple, bare existence, but they shall have all those super added things which are needful to make that life eminently blessed and happy. He wants us to have that. That's why he's saying Jesus came. And he says we should have this. Don't let Satan steal it. It would be vast and mercy to keep men merely from hell. He doesn't want you just to escape hell. That's what he's saying. He wants you to have more than that. And so many people, so many born-again people, Christian people, are just existing, waiting for the time they can, can leave here. But that's the, his interpretation is that he doesn't want you to live a life that's just an escape from hell. He wants you to be... To what was it? He said, super abound. 
Praise God. But Jesus will give them, or us, eternal joy, peace, and become the society of the blessed. And that's where I got the title. Honey, that's you. We are, the Christian world should be the society of the blessed. People should see us walking in health, walking in prosperity, walking in freedom, as that song said. We are the society of the blessed. You need to start saying that of yourself. Amen. So I love that. That's why I entitled that today. And so, uh, and all these exalted means of... Well, I think he said peace and society of the blessed. And all those exalted means of felicity. I didn't know what that word meant. I'll give you the definition. Which are prepared for them in the world of glory. F-E-L-I-C-I-T-Y. Felicity. The word means happiness. It means bliss. It means anything producing happiness. We are the society of the blessed. So we're going to look at 1 John chapter 3 and read why Jesus came. 1 John chapter 3. Didn't, don't you like that Barnes interpretation of all of that? Super abounded. Hallelujah. So um, this is why Jesus came. 3 verse 8. He says, He that committeth sin is of the devil. Now, that there is therefore now condemnation, no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. What he's talking about is habitually sin. When you have to do some word studies on some of this, because we all sin, and you may have sinned today, I may have sinned today, whatever it is. But he's talking about habitually. Well, that kind of makes me want to stop and think, what is it I'm habitually doing? That hmm, I'm not going to go into that. Okay, so that's what he's talking about. For the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose, he's fixing to tell you something. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifest, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Well, hallelujah, that he might destroy the works of the devil. I believe he was successful. Amen. So the Message Bible said, Don't let anyone divert you from the truth, from this truth. Jesus was successful. He can only do what we allow. Satan can only do what we allow him to get away with. I think that's what Cindy was saying back there a while ago. You know, we've got to get the right attitude and not let him get away with some of this stuff. The Son of God, this is the Message Bible. The Son of God entered the scene to abolish the devil's ways. Now we're going to go, let's see, let me see if I want to get into the, okay, verse 9. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. People who are conceived and brought into life by God, he said, do not make a practice of sin. We don't make a practice of it. Do we sin? Yes. But you know, something inside of us, someone inside of us will convict us. Not condemn us, 
but he will convict us. And the Amplified says about that verse 9, those who practice evil takes his character from the evil one. So what we'll do, if we continually practice sin, we take on the character of Satan. That's a revelation, isn't it? We don't want the character of Satan. You know, we were created in God's image. And God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we want to take on his character because he does have a character. Jesus, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, they have a character, and that's of love. Love rules the kingdom of God. Amen. And so we're to take on his. So praise God, we have God's nature, and we don't practice sin. And if we do have sin, he ha- he's given. if we do sin, we have a scripture that takes care of that. 1 John 1, 9 says that if we will confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin. So when I sin, the Holy Spirit will tell me if it's something I need to confess. It seems like I confess something just about every day. Now, that's terrible to say. But sin is just simply missing the mark of being like Jesus. And so if you understand what that is, then condemnation won't come. We're not talking about some terrible, terrible sin. But it's missing the mark of being like Jesus. And so when I do that, and I don't take on his character, then I confess that as sin, and he says he's faithful and just to forgive me of that sin. And the wonderful thing is, that sin, it'll tell us in Psalms, will be removed from you as far as the east is from the west. And he no longer remembers it. Praise God. Praise God. God won't even remember it. But now Satan will cause you to remember it. Say, well, you sure failed today. But you know what? Your mistakes, you got to get hold of this. My mistakes are none of Satan's business. I don't belong to him anymore. I'm born again. I'm in the kingdom of God. I belong to God. I'm God's child. If you want to come against me, take it to God. But my mistakes are none of Satan's business. That'll help set your mind free. If you you don't realize that, you'll let condemnation come and you'll start condemning yourself. But there is no condemnation to those who walk in the spirit, not after the flesh. So praise God. We have his nature. I, I praise God for First John 1, 9. Don't you? Because, you know, I, I used to teach it like this, Karen. We go back, way back, don't we, babe? That he gets out his big old eraser. And he just erases it. And it's gone. He can't remember it. And you don't need to remember it. Amen. We've got a great, big, wonderful God. So what we're going to do today is we're going to go and we're going to look at the blessing. Since he said we are a blessed society, let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 28. I spent hours in these scriptures here. And so we're just going to cover the blessings today and not get into the curses. But there's so much in this. And um, let's just start with verse 1. Pay attention to to several words because the words 
are very important. That's where your strength is. And it shall, I'm pausing, shall, what does that word mean to you? It's going to happen. It shall, it's going to happen. Praise God. That will give you expectancy, Brenda, when he says it's going to happen. Mary, woo, that word we prayed. So it shall happen, it shall, when it says it shall come to pass, if, now that word if is very important, isn't it? If, that means there's something, conditions coming. If you shall hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day. So Jesus has given us some commandments. That the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. Now then. The conditions. If you will listen to God's voice. Or in other words. If you'll listen to his words that he has spoken. And do them. The word observe means to act or practice his commandments. And that's what we have to do. We have to act on those. If we do this. The blessings. If we'll do verse 1. The blessings cannot help but come on you. They shall overtake you. And I know that all of us can look at our own lives and, and see where the blessings have come upon us and overtaken us. Because I sit there, you know, I've shared this with you so many times, but sometimes I sit and look at, at how blessed I am. And I, and I think, where did all of this come from? Where? Everything I have, everything that... You know, just this life itself. Where has all this come from? It's come because we keep his commandments and do what he says. And if we do that, Satan himself cannot stop the blessings from chasing you down. Because we spoke that over you today, Mary. Girls, the blessings are coming after you. They shall come upon you and they shall overtake you. So you need to expect that. Every day of your life, you need to expect some of these blessings that we're going to read about here. I expect them to come. And I'm telling you, life itself will tell you they're not. <laughs> there will be situations, there will be circumstances that are, will arise in your life that says right the opposite of what God says in his word. Well, what are you going to believe? And I'm telling you, like I was telling Mary when we were talking earlier about some things, it's not easy. It's not easy to get this mind to agree with something that you can't see. But I'm telling you, in the realm of faith, all the blessings of God are chasing me down. Everything, every blessing, the blessing. We are a blessed society, and I'm going to live in it. We're going to live in it. We're going to become the blessed society that can show this world out there and the Christian people that don't realize it, that they are blessed. We're going to prove the word of God by our life. 
Amen. Amen. My life's going to prove it. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we've got to obey what he has commanded us. That word observe, let me go back up here where it says, um, the voice of, oh, let me start over. It shall come to pass if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe. See, he's telling us what we've got to do. So that word observe means to act or to practice his commandments. I think I gave that to you. And to do all his commandments. So there are restrictions and there are conditions to the blessings of God coming upon us. And we're going to, like I said, going to look at these. But once again in verse 2, he emphasizes the little word if. If we do what this word tells us to do. And you know what? You've got to realize that this word is his voice. He's speaking to you today. He's speaking to me today. And the Holy Spirit is the revealer of truth. The, re the Holy Spirit will give you instructions. He will tell you what it is in your life that you're not diligent in. And that's no condemnation. But the Word of God, it tells us over in the New Testament, is for instruction and for correction. And so I want instruction and I want correction because I know that if I am not instructed and I'm not corrected, then I'll continue in the way that I'm going and I won't have the blessings that he's promised me. They will be a hindrance to me having those blessings that we're talking about today. So the word if, if we do what the word tells us to do. If. If. We're going to be blessed. And I looked up the word blessed. It means to favor or endow with. Praise God. You have been endowed with God's favor. I received that, Father. What are you going to do with that statement? I'm going to receive it. And I'm going to go around saying, I've been endowed, endowed with his favor. That means if I need a parking place, I've got his favor. That means whatever, you know. You apply it to your life. You have been endowed with favor. I mean, if you're looking for a certain job, you're, going, you're endowed with favor. You'll find favor with whosoever, whatever. Praise God. Your kids will be endowed with favor, with the teachers, with situations, with circumstances. I mean, it just you, your mind can just go on and on and on what that means so uh, verse 3 let's go there blessed shall thou be in the city and blessed shall thou be in the field blessed shall thou be in the city and blessed shall thou be in the field okay we're going to take these one at a time and this is what it said about that every aspect now these are different uh, commentaries that I'm quoting from and maybe even different translations every aspect of life will be blessed what did he say blessed shall thou be in the city and blessed shall thou be in the field he says both the merchant in the city and the farmer in the country and another commentary said in all civil employments and in all agricultural agricultural pursuits 
And I, Cindy, I think about you and some of these. I'm telling you, that girl's a farmer. And you get to looking at some of this, and I mean, your farm's so blessed. And it blesses other people. It just keeps going. See, the blessings of God just travel. Because you're, you are a blessing. But I, th- I love the definitions of these, okay? He says, the Matthew Henry says, whether their habitation is in town or the country, you're going to be blessed. Wherever you are. Well, hallelujah. Mary, you're in the city, you're blessed. I'm in the country and I'm blessed. Wherever, he says, wherever your habitation is, shall be blessed. See, these, these blessings go in depth. Okay. He says, whether their business, Cindy, uh, no, Tina, I had Tina in mind for this one. Whether their business calls them into the city or the field, they should be preserved from the dangers and have the comforts of their condition, wherever they find themselves, whether your husband, see, his business is in the city and it's, it's wherever he goes. But that's what he's talking about here. If you don't know that, you won't know to speak the word over that. But he says, I'm going to go back and read that again. They should be preserved from the dangers and have the comforts of their condition. The blessing should attend them in their journeys, going out and coming in. Now, is that not awesome? Praise God. So I'm going to read that again. Blessed shall thou be in the city. Blessed shall thou be in the field. Wherever you find yourself, he said you should be preserved from the dangers of wherever you find yourself. Whether you're coming or whether you're going. You you drive out of this church, get in your car, you're preserved from the dangers out there. Think about that. Is that not awesome? So, see, what we, the reason we need to, know, need to know these things is so we can speak it. He says, speak the word only. Well, I speak that I'm prepared from whatever dangers out there today. And, you know, in reality, we have no idea probably of how much divine protection we actually have. How much we really experience this one every day of our life. Yes. You know, sometimes you might say, well, boy, that was a close call. Why was it, didn't it go any further? Because you're preserved from the danger. Speak that over your children. I'm telling you, our kids nowadays, we need to be speaking this over our children. They are preserved from the dangers that are out there. That could mean influences by other kids. So much is involved in these blessings. That he says are ours. Remember Galatians 3.13 says. We uh, have been redeemed from the curses. But not from the blessings. The blessings of Abraham are mine. And of course he's talking to the children of Israel here. But they represent the church. They represent you and I. And we're not redeemed from these blessings. We live in these blessings. We're only redeemed from the bad things. And we'll get into those next week. But. We find favor, praise God. Did we ever get to verse 4? Okay. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body, and the fruit of thy ground, and the fruit of thy cattle, 
the increase of thy kind and the flocks of thy sheep. Well, what's he talking about? I mean, we can't just read these girls. To get the effect of it, we've got to know what he's trying to tell us. And, and that's, that's one reason I wanted to get into these today. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body and the fruit of, this, of your ground. The fruit of thy cattle, the increase and the kind, the flocks of thy sheep, he said. All thy children. Increase of thy cattle. I looked out in my pasture. I have given David all the cattle already, which he would inherit it anyway. Well, I gave him the responsibility now of taking care of them. You know, so he's out there every day after he gets off work. I looked at him the other day. I said, it seems like you're getting calves every day. His cattle is increasing. Why is that? Because the Bible said so. He just, I, I thought, where is all these cattle coming from? They're just increasing. So if you have farm animals, when the, the word kind, K-I-N-E, means cattle. And then he goes on to say, every animal employed in domestic and agricultural, agricultural purposes shall be under the special protection of divine providence. Is that not neat? The farmers, they need to know this scripture. Absolutely. They are under the special protection of divine providence. God is so absolutely good. I love these scriptures. So that, all that came out of verse 4. Now let's go to verse 5. Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. And I think even in your cross-reference it will say this. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading trough. And then he goes on to say, There shall always be food in your house for daily meals. Well, glory to God. You know, we need to let people know that. If they're under financial stress and say, well, we just, you know, we're always here. Well, the price of groceries has gone up so much. I really have to watch, you know, and blah, 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 all that mess that they start talking. Well, I don't talk that because I'm blessed. But you need to know, in these last days, times will change to where, well, we're seeing it. We're seeing where the groceries and the, well, I live off of Tom Wilkins' farm. And Cindy's, <laughs> and I don't—I think y'all are basically the farms I live off of nowadays. But there's always going to be food in my house, even if they bring it to me. Yes. You know, you need to know you're going to have plenty to eat. Right. Don't get concerned about what's going on. These are the end times that we're living in. And it's going to get tough on those that don't know the word. That don't know that you are a blessed society. Because God said he would perfect everything that concerns you. Amen. I quote that almost daily. I thank him. And that, that word means he's going to bring to completion. So there is a process of that being perfected. God's working on it. 
And most of the time, it's, he's got to work through other people. So I need to be listening to him because I want to be one of those people that he works through. Because I'm so blessed. You need to see yourself as being one of those people that God speaks to, to use, to bless somebody else. We live in a selfish generation where it's always me and mine. But like Bubba said when he taught on Wednesday night, I choose. But he says, the I don't, does not always have to mean that you're selfish. But he says, I choose to be a blessing. I choose this or I choose that. So I thought that was really good, that statement that he made. But you know what? Blessed be your basket and your kneading trough. You know, that, that talks to me about being in the kitchen. To, to cook, to bake, to, to provide food. Whether they need it or not, just let it be a blessing that you do for somebody else. Amen? I send all my leftovers across the street to David and Annette because she doesn't cook like I cook, you know, no fried potatoes and beans and cornbread, stuff like that. (laughs) But we can be a blessing out of our kitchen. Let your kitchen become a blessing. You know, if you have leftovers, maybe maybe Mary wants them. I've sent you lots of stuff before, too. I always think, give it to Mary. She got all these kids, but now they're moving out of your house. So my, I, I tell you, God may say, give it to somebody else. Now Mary don't need it. <laughs> but anyway, you get the point. We are to be a blessing. Look at your life and see what it is that you can bless other people with. What do you have? That you can bless other people with. That you don't really need. Well. That'll cause you to stop and think. But I can tell you right now. There's always going to be food in my house. For daily meals. Amen. Okay. Let's go to verse 6. Blessed shall thou be. When thou comest in. Blessed shall thou be. When thou goest out. The Clark Commentary says, When thou comest in from your employment, you shall find that no evil has happened to the family or dwelling in your absence. You know, I've not thought about these in this way. But the different commentaries are always so interesting because there's a different aspect that you get to see. And I've not seen it like this. But he says you'll be blessed coming in and when you go out. And I thought that was so interesting. I'm going to read his commentary again to you. He says, when thou comest in from your employment, whatever it is that that day, your job, you shall find that no evil has happened to the family or dwelling in your absence. And you know, my mind, when he talks about, when he says nothing shall happen in your absence, how important is your presence? You know? That's something to think about. You, you've got to let the Holy Spirit deal with you. In the head of your house, when he's gone on his employment, tell him how protected you are. 
I mean, he, even though he's not there because he's getting this training, uh, even though his presence is not there, his family's protected. How important is that? But, you know, your presence, your presence right now, you're the one that's there. He's not. And those of you that your husbands work out of town. So your presence is very important and what you know. Because he says, speak the word only. So your presence, Mary, right now, you may be the spiritual head right now, women. So your presence is so important and what you speak is so important. What you know. You need to know that you're protected and that your family's protected. So I'm, I just love this commentary here from the Clark commentary. When thou comest in from your employment, you shall find that no evil has happened to the family or dwelling in your absence. I don't know what that ministers to you, but, you know, Tom has always been the head of our house. Well, he's not here. But even in his absence, no evil is going to befall my family. You've really got to stop and think about that. That's going to be important in these last days. No evil. Even though he's not here, who's always been the protector, even though his presence is not here, nothing evil is going to come to the family. Yeah, praise God. I just love that. So on the scripture that says, When thou goest out, the way shall be made prosperous before you. And you shall have divine blessings in all your labors. Human happiness comes from obeying the Lord's commands. You want happiness? Human happiness? He says it comes from Obeying the Lord's commands. So why do we not have that happiness? Why do things come to steal the joy and the happiness? Because we're not doing... It's an open door. Because we're not doing God's commandments. Love thy neighbor. Do good to those who despitefully use you. Go back and look at some of those scriptures, some of his commandments. Do good. Give, Luke 6, 38, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. Shall men give into your bosom? All of these things are included in the blessings. Obedience is very big in being that blessed society. Obedience. Boy, that's a big word. That means you got to do it. Why? You know, I think there in the scriptures say that rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft. Well, you know what? When we're not obeying his commandments, are we rebelling? One or the other. I'm getting some good comments up here. So it says, I believe it's in the Old Testament, it talks about rebellion. We cannot rebel against the word of God. That to me, that rebellion means to intentionally rebel against it. Well, I'm not going to pay my, I'm not going to give money to the church where you're fed. 
Well, the word says, uh, go to uh, Malachi chapter 3 real quick. I want to read something to you. That is just before the New Testament. Malachi 3. Well, you're going to love me, but do not rebel against this scripture to where you won't do it. Everything that Tom and I have, we have received from being a tither. And from being Luke 6.38, given it shall be given. Okay? I'm telling you, this word will prove itself if you'll do it. So I've got something. I'm trying to think where I wrote that down somewhere. Because I got to thinking about Malachi 3, 8. I'm trying to find a note. which I always refer to Cindy because she and I had some revelation on this Windows deal. Yeah. Okay. But God says, let's start with verse 6. For I am the Lord... I change not. Everything that he has promised in this word is still good. He's not going to change it. Okay? He says, uh, Therefore ye sons of Jacob are not consumed, because he's good. Even from the days of your fathers ye are gone away from mine from God's ordinances, and have not kept them. You're not a doer of them. Return unto me, and I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But you said something. Where, here's what you said. Or he's talking to the children of Israel here. Wherein shall we return? I don't know. I don't know, where, you know what we've done wrong. <clears throat> well... Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, well, wherein have we robbed you, God? His answer is, in tithes and offerings. We are not redeemed from being a tither. That's part of your blessing. This is not a curse. This is God's way of blessing. Now today, when I leave here, normally on Tuesdays is when I write my tithe check. And I call it giving Jesus his money. I, I, I'll just tell somebody, I said, well, I've got to go give Jesus his money. But he said, you have robbed me in tithes and offerings. Now, look what happens if we are not a tither. We open ourselves up to the curses. Now, I prayed for revelation knowledge of this. I'm telling you, you can be blessed by giving. He says, you are cursed with a curse. For you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring you, and you say, well, that's in the Old Testament. Yeah, it's in the Old Testament. But we're not redeemed from this. This is part of our blessing. And, and tithing and giving was way back. It goes back to Melchizedek, which I don't have time to teach. 
But he says, bring you all the tithes into the storehouse. That's where you're being fed spiritually. That's what he's talking about. See, I don't bring my tithes to the house of praise. And the house of praise ladies back there don't bring their tithes and give it to the Russell Christian Center. They give it to their church, the body there, because that's where they're being fed. They're being fed here too, but they may give offerings. Yeah, I think they may give offerings here when we receive offerings. But their tithes goes to their church. It doesn't go to Kenneth Copeland Ministries. It doesn't go to Happy Caldwell. Not your tithes. It goes to the church where you are fed. And so many people say, well, I send my tithes to such and such ministry. Where do you go to church? Who are you going to call when somebody dies in your family? Or you want a wedding done? Or you want this? Or you need that? Who are you going to call? You're going to call the church where you're being fed. You can't call Kenneth Copeland and him come do that for you. So that you, it ties you. There's so much to that. That just let the Holy Spirit teach you on that. Amen. So I'm not going to take my tithes and give it to y'all, June. Because God said that's not where it goes. But I can give you offerings. Amen. So he says, What's it? where did I get? You are cursed with a curse because you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring you all the tithes into the storehouse. That's where you're being fed. That there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now with your tithes. Prove me with your tithes, saith the Lord of hosts. If I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Now, if I will not open you the windows of heaven, and of course I've I've taught this before, but the windows of heaven... He will open them. I can see beyond. When the windows of heaven are open, I see what's available. I see what's available. Now then, I also have written in my Bible, a window is something that allows you to look through to a larger place. A tither should be able to see what's available to them. Because the windows of heaven, you can look at the windows of heaven being opened and pour you out a blessing in, in more than one way. Uh, where it says, let me go back up here and find it. The windows of heaven, and I will open the windows of heaven and pour you out as a blessing. I am a blessing. You are a blessing. That there shall not be room enough to receive it. And you know, that's a lot. You should be so blessed that you don't have room enough to receive all the blessings that God is coming up on you and overtaking you. So you're going to have to share it. And then he says, given it shall be given. So if you keep giving, it is never ending. Y'all, this is real. These are spiritual laws to prosperity for one thing. Everything that you have need of There is an answer right here in this word. Amen. So, and then he goes on to say, I, God, will rebuke the devourer. 
for your sakes, Mary. You're facing some changes in y'all's life. But he says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. And all nations shall call you blessed. For you shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. Your words have been stout against me, saith the Lord. Yet you say, what have we spoken so much against thee? You have said, listen to this, it is vain to serve God. And what profit is it that we have kept his ordinance and that we have walked mournfully, look at the attitude there, before the Lord of hosts. I'm telling you, this just goes on and on and on and on. And we're running out of time here. But the blessings of God are coming upon you and overtaking you because you obey. Okay, now that was, I got down to what, verse 6? Where it said, Thou shalt make that he says in Clark commentary, When thou goest out, thy way shall be made prosperous before you, and you shall have divine blessings in all your labors. Human happiness comes from obeying the Lord's command. Now, let's look at verse 7. We're running, I got to get with this here. Deuteronomy 28. The Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise against thee. To be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way and flee before thee seven ways. Notice how involved God is when someone comes against you. He will cause them to flee in seven different ways. And one of the commentaries said he will cause them to flee in various directions. Well, if somebody's coming against you, quote that. Father, God, I thank you. What are you, what are you going to do? Father, I thank you that they're going to have to flee from me because you said so right there. That's part of the blessings. Okay, let's go to verse 8. The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses and in all that thou settest thine hand unto, and he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Oh, my the Clark Commentary, once again. Everything you have shall come by divine appointment. Thou shalt have nothing casually. But everything, both spiritual and temporal, shall come by the immediate command of God. He said there that he would command the blessing. And Clark Commentary says it shall come by the immediate command of God. I don't have to worry about that. God's commanded it. God's going to take care of that. Father, I see in your words where you said you would command these blessings upon me. I just want you to know I thank you and I receive it. I expect it in the name of Jesus. Okay, let's look at, uh, we're going to move real quickly here. Uh, Verse 9 and 10, we're going to kind of combine. The Lord shall establish thee a holy people unto himself. As he has sworn unto thee, if thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God and walk in his ways, and all the people of the earth shall see that thou art called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of thee. Do you know the world today is afraid of the, the Christians? They're afraid of the church. Because they're seeing something. They're seeing the church stand up and using their authority. So... Uh, 
God's referring back to his oath that he made here, that he made to Israel. That's what he's doing. And if we keep his commandments and walk or conduct our life in his ways of doing things, then and only then will the people of the earth see something. They, they need to be seeing us walking in health, in prosperity. That it makes, we should make them wonder, well, what are they doing to be so blessed and financially? You know, well, we're doing what the Word says. Okay, he says, they shall, then he says, they shall be afraid of you. Well, I think we are experiencing this in these last days. That people, the non-believers, Satan, Satan's afraid of you. He's afraid of the knowledge that you have, and he's afraid of the knowledge that, that I have. So we're going to see that, well, not to get political, but certain, certain <laughs> what shall I say, certain people are afraid of President Trump. They're afraid of him. Yeah. He may not do everything right, but he's bold as a lion and God is using him. God is using him. So I don't know where you stand. That doesn't matter to me. That's up to you. But there is fear and they are totally, the reason they're coming against him so strong is they are so afraid of him because of the God. And he is born again. And God never always uses perfect people. <laughs> there are no perfect people. He's going to use who will be obedient and listen to him. So that's enough of my sermon on that. On politics. <laughs> okay. So verse 11. Well, I'll say, Lord, look what you just told me. You're going to make me plenteous in goods. In the fruit of thy body, and in the fruit of the cattle, and in the fruit of thy ground, and in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers to give thee. So in this verse, you will notice that it, it takes us back to the earthly blessings. This is referring back to what uh, one commentary called the superabundance. He's, he's referring back to earthly blessings for you and I. Okay, verse... In the Amplified, it says in verse 11... And the Lord shall make you have a surplus of prosperity through the fruit of your body, of your lives, of your livestock, and of your ground in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. He shall make you have a surplus of prosperity. I'm telling you, this word is so, so good. In verse 12, the Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure wonder what that is the heaven here it is the heaven to give the rain unto the land in the his season and to bless all the work of thine hand and thou shalt lend unto many nations and thou shalt not borrow praise God and verse 13 the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail thou shalt be above only thou shalt not be beneath the, these pressures if thou hearken, if, notice that word, thou hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I command thee this day to observe and to do them. So he's going to open up to us his good treasure. 
And I haven't really looked that part up, but I will. And in verse 13, he's saying, if you will just do what my word tells you, then he, the word, will cause you to always be the head only and not the tail. He says, you'll never be below all these pressures. Amen. Okay, so in closing today, well, let's go to verse 14. I love that, that he says, we've got to observe and to do them. Okay, conditional. Remember the conditions. Verse 14 says, And thou shalt not go aside from any of the what? Words. Which I command thee this day. Well, everything that God has spoken, every word that he has spoken has a command on it. Amen. And, and he says he watches over that to perform it. We don't have to perform it. We just do what the word says and he causes the harvest. Amen. So, and thou shalt not go aside. He's saying stay hooked up to the word. That's Arkansas English. And thou shalt not go aside from any of the words which I command thee this day to the right hand or to the left to go after other gods to serve them. And you know, you've got to allow the Holy Spirit to teach you on this. We don't have the gods that we serve like they had in the Old Testament. What are our gods today? Anybody know? It could be TV. It could be food. It could be, um, I mean, what are some of the, it could be sports. Sports has taken the place of church. Absolutely. That opens us up to the curses because there's a lot of teaching on being committed. Uh, your TV, your cell phone have become God's, you know, it's, it's just, you just go on and on and on and on. Uh, what has become God's to this generation? It, it's amazing, you know. People can't even eat at their dinner table without them going, I, we don't do that. Sit there and look at your cell phone. You know, cell phones are wonderful, but they can be misused also and open up the door to where, it, well, it's a God. And so we need to check ourselves. What has become a God to me? You know, and when we think of that, we, it's, it's things that enter our everyday life that is more important to us. That, well, actually, I guess it's ruling our life. Facebook rules people's lives. Now, I have Facebook. And I was telling Susan yesterday, I said, you know, if it wasn't for the pictures of everybody's kids that I enjoy so much, I would not have Facebook. I skim it. I go down through there like this. But it's become a god. It's ruling people's lives. And half of the stuff on there is not true. It's not true. More than half. And, and we accept that because it's on Facebook. Well, I guess y'all would like for me to quit meddling. But maybe we need to check ourselves out. 
What has become more important to us than doing the commandments of God? You know, and like I said, I mean, I think cell phones are awesome in invention, absolutely. But they're to be a blessing, not a curse to us. And anything can become a curse to us if we, if it becomes first. Yeah, pressure. Yeah. Well, I'm glad y'all enjoyed that little sermon right there. So we're not to go to the right hand or to the left hand. Listen to this in verse 15. But it shall come to pass. What does that mean? It's going to happen. If you will not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Now, y'all, this is tough. But it is the truth. And we wonder why all these bad things happen to us. It shall come to pass if thou will not hearken unto the voice, the words of the Lord thy God to observe to do all his commandments and his statutes which I command thee this day that all these curses shall come upon you and they will overtake you. And so next week we're going to get into the curses and see what I'm telling you girls. You're going to love what you've been redeemed from. I mean it is so full of wonderful things that you have been redeemed of. Because Jesus carried all of these curses that we're going to look at next week. And we're going to identify them. He carried every one of those to the cross. So that we could have freedom from them. All we inherit is the blessings of God. And praise God. You know, when it says that we are to uh, follow his commandments, we do that to the best of our ability. We don't let condemnation come. We do that to, we can only obey what we have knowledge of. And, and so we can ask the Holy Spirit and he'll deal with us. He, he's dealing with some of you in here today about some things just from what we've been studying of what it is. And I appreciate the Holy Spirit for that. So don't let condemnation come and don't get in fear. Because he said these blessings are going to come upon, I mean these curses are going to come upon you. Uh, but let's let him correct us. Amen. Let him show us. There's things I know that he deals with me with that I need to get rid of. You know. And so only with the knowledge of it becoming revelation knowledge to me. Just knowledge is not enough. I know it. But until it becomes a revelation to me that this is a hindrance in my life, am I going to do anything about it? Revelation knowledge will cause you to do something about it and until then it's just knowledge you understand that but i'm excited about next week because i'm telling you you're going to find out what all you are redeemed from and i was sharing with mary with uh, one of your children the other day and i said now you go home and look these up so i asked him sunday i said did you look those curses up? Remember that always with the curses, you are redeemed from them and you have authority over them. Uh, but I was sharing with him about the curse of not being able to enjoy your children. And how that your heart will long after them because they're not a part of your life. And, and I was sharing, he says, 
Thy sons and thy daughters shall be given unto another people, and thine eyes shall look and fail with longing for them all the day long, and there shall be no might. You'll feel helpless. That's a curse. Been redeemed from it. If you're not being able, I could teach it now, but you, if you're not getting to enjoy your children, that's under the curse. You have authority over that. You start saying what the Lord says. You're going to be able to enjoy your children. Amen. Amen. Well, let's stand. My, I got a little long today. <laughs> I love y'all. I just want us all to, to grow in the things of God. Because we all want to be a blessing to somebody. You know, we want to be, we, we want to be whoever's out there today. Even if it's just to give them a hug. There's so many people, you know, I mean, don't get under bondage in any certain way. There's so many ways. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. 